Hello and thank you for tuning in to episode 5. Yes, episode 5. We made it to the 5th episode of the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Steven Sahoyas, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about my Dynasty Wide Receiver Rankings. For the full list, head on over to rallytowel.ca, where I've got Wide Receiver 1-60 through 60 published on the site for free. That's right, for free. Think about all this beautiful, glorious fantasy football content that can help you win your league, and it's all for free. So head on over to rallytowel.ca. On today's episode, I'm going to be specifically talking about where some of the top rookies fall in my rankings, talking about where the veterans, a few, a handful of veterans end up in my rankings. Also talking about players at the wide receiver position you should be going out and trying to trade for in your dynasty leagues and others you should just stay away from altogether. So sit back, relax, crack open whatever you want, a nice cold beverage if you'd like. We're going to start the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Dynasty Wide Receiver Podcast. So I'm going to start off talking about these rookie wide receivers and where they fall in my rankings. But before I get started, I want to start a rally towel tradition right here, right now. And that is for every class of rookie wide receivers that enter the NFL, I'm going to give them their own nickname, their own rally towel nickname. So let's start off with the first rookie in my rankings, and that is C.D. Lamb coming in at number eight. I'm super fired up about this guy coming into the NFL, and the nickname that I've curated so finely for him is Cowboy Dundee. Now, I'm not 100% sure what Dundee means, but it sounds pretty awesome, if you ask me. And I know there's Crocodile Dundee, and he was a pretty cool dude. So we're going to go with Cowboy Dundee for C.D. Lamb, which also, you abbreviate Cowboy Dundee, it's CD. So to me, it's a match made in heaven. But in all seriousness, I am super fired up about this guy. If you want to get to my level of excitement, go watch his tape. It is unbelievable. And he's going into a Dallas offense where he has a quarterback in Dak Prescott who can get him the football. We know Dak Prescott can put the ball in his playmaker's hands. And another thing working in CD Lamb's favor is that he doesn't have to worry about top CBs from opposing defenses. We already know that those top cornerbacks are going to have to cover Amari Cooper, which means CeeDee Lamb is going to absolutely destroy any team's second or third corner. I cannot wait to see this guy playing this fall. Next up on my list, one spot directly behind CeeDee Lamb at number nine, I have Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. And my nickname for him, it's simple, just Judge. Why do I call him Judge? Judge Judy. It's a very popular daytime, you know, courtroom show. So I am going with Jerry Judy, the judge. And people should be fired up about Judy because this is one of the most highly coveted wide receivers since his days in high school. And now he's going into a Denver offense, which there's lots of excitement surrounding this offseason. We're hoping that Drew Locke takes a step next year. They have Cortland Sutton there already. They added K.J. Hamler. Noah Fant was already there at tight end. They added Albert O., who already has built-in chemistry with Drew Locke. This is a Denver offense that should be running at a very high level considering the amount of talent that's been poured into this group. So to me, I think CeeDee Lamb can become the number one A in this offense and he can work well with the other receivers like Hamler and Sutton who all offer other 
important skill sets into Denver's offense. The third rookie wide receiver on my list, no, it is not Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders, but it is Denzel Mims of the New York Jets coming in at number 25 on the list. I am super excited about this guy. But as you can see, a bit of a gap between Judy at number 9 and Mims at number 25. But my nickname for Denzel Mims is Mr. Everything because I haven't seen anything at the wide receiver position that this guy can't do. He runs great routes. He ran a 4.3840. He's got alpha wide receiver size at 6 foot 3, 207 pounds. He is the prototypical size and weight for a alpha X wide receiver in the NFL. He's got great speed. He's a contested catch machine and really he does everything. Mr. Everything is a very fitting name for my number 25 player in dynasty wide receiver rankings. Next up, coming in one spot directly behind Mr. Everything is Henry Ruggs. And he's my number 26th ranked wide receiver in Dynasty. And there's lots of reasons to be excited for the guy that I have nicknamed the Ultimate Raider. And, and he really does fit that nickname. I mean, this is a pick that would have made Al Davis smile from ear to ear. However, there's one, I think, common misconception about Henry Ruggs. People view him as just a speedster, which is easy because you look at his 40-yard dash time. He ran a 4-2-7 40-yard dash, so it's easy to look at that and think this guy is a one-trick pony. He's fast, and he's got blazing speed, but that's not the case with Ruggs. He's got great hands, and he also runs a really good route tree, so Henry Ruggs is not just a gadget-type player. This is someone who you can run your whole offense around and he can be your number one receiver and handle a heavy volume, although we never did really see it at Alabama. The situation in Oakland is a bit different because Alabama's wide receiver room was loaded with talent, where Oakland, he's walking into a, a pretty depleted group. I know they've added some players in this past draft, but he's going to get every chance to be that team's number one wide receiver, and he'll get a chance to do everything in that Raiders offense. In my rankings, I've got a bit of a run on rookie wide receivers here in the mid to late 20s, as at number 27, I have Jalen Rager of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I've nicknamed him the Horned Frog Prince, obviously playing on the fact that he played for the TCU Horned Frogs. And with Rager, this is a Philly offense that really needed playmakers last year because of players either A, underperforming, or B, just not being healthy. They dealt with quite a few injuries at the position and some underperformances, which really put this team at a need. And they spent their first round pick to get Rager, who can do, I think, a little bit of everything. He's got good size for a player as explosive as he is. He's 5'11", 206, but this is an explosive type of player as well. He's got good speed. He plays faster than what you would think. I know a lot of people were a little bit underwhelmed by his 40 time coming in at just under 4'5", but if you watch the tape, he plays a lot faster than he shows, and he struggled with quarterback play at TCU. So you put him in an offense with Carson Wentz, and I think you're going to see Big strides taken by Rager and stuff that we might not have been able to see on his college tape because he was limited by poor quarterback play. Again, 
this run on rookie wide receivers does not stop. At number 28, I have Justin Jefferson, who I have nicknamed the Tiger Viking. Not the Tiger King, but the Tiger Viking, obviously playing on the fact that he played for the LSU Tigers, and now he's a member of the Minnesota Vikings. But this is someone who is going to play a lot out of the slot. That's what he did at LSU, and I expect him to do that in Minnesota, which means Adam Thielen will probably be kicked to the outside. And he was a low recruit coming out of high school. He's only a two and a half star recruit, but he worked his butt off and had an unbelievable season last year with LSU. One of the best seasons by any offense in college football history. He was a big part of it. And his 40 yard dash really did blow people away. He ran a 4-4-3-40, which was not to be expected of Jefferson. It was a big shock, but it really helped boost his draft value. And I think he's going to have a good chance to get quite a few targets in a Minnesota offense that doesn't really have a depth at the wide receiver position or at receivers in general, if you include the tight ends as well. So Justin Jefferson, someone you should be really excited about in your Dynasty Fantasy Football League. Enough about all these rookies, though. Let's start talking about the veterans. Let's start talking about some of the vets. And the first one I'm going to talk about is DeAndre Hopkins coming in at number five. It's a new face in a new place after he got dealt to the Arizona Cardinals. And this, to me, is a great landing spot because we know Cliff Kingsbury loves to throw the rock and he loves to line up in those four wide receiver sets. The Cardinals ran their offense out of the four wide receiver set 26% of the time last year, according to Sharp Football, which that is a lot more than the next closest team. The next closest team was the Seattle Seahawks, who ran a four wide receiver set 9% of the time. So we're, we're talking almost three times as often. The C- the Cardinals ran four wide receiver sets. I think Hopkins is going to thrive with Kyler Murray under this very pass-heavy, pass-first offense in Arizona. Next up, coming in at number 12 in my rankings is Detroit Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay, and I'm really excited to see what Galladay can do as the Lions' number one wide receiver with Matthew Stafford over the course of an entire season. Before Stafford went down with an injury midway through 2019, Kenny Galladay had four 100-yard games with the veteran gunslinger. After Galladay was left to play with whoever it was the Detroit Lions were putting out a quarterback like David Blau, Galladay was held to just one 100-yard game. One concern that I do have about Galladay, though, is that all of Detroit's actions seem to be pointing towards them wanting to run the ball more. They didn't really go out and add a ton of receiving help. I know they still have Hawkinson, who is a good catching tight end and as well a good blocking tight end but they did just draft DeAndre Swift in the second round to pair with Carrion Johnson so to me it looks like they're trying to run the ball a little bit more we'll see how that works this is a team that looks like they're going to be in a lot of games where they're trailing so they'll probably have to throw the ball more often than not to get back in it so it's just a minor concern there and he what it boils down to with Kenny Galladay is he is just a top option who has a good quarterback throwing him the football. And I like Galladay to really have a good 2020 season. And he's a good player to have a dynasty at just 26 years old. Two spots back of Kenny G is OBJ of the Cleveland Browns. And I'm 
all in on Cleveland this year. I backed out on them last year. I did not think they were going to have a good season. I thought they were getting a little bit too much hype for my liking just because they went out and added Odell Beckham Jr. But I'm ready to go back on the Browns bandwagon and I'll be backing them in 2020. OBJ, it was a rough year last year though. We can't ignore that. He only cleared the 100-yard mark twice. That if you would have told me OBJ plays an entire season and he only clears 100 yards twice, I would have told you you're insane. But I think gear two in this offense, he's going to look a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more chemistry with Baker Mayfield. I think that'll help a lot. And this is someone who still the underlying numbers show how important he is to this offense. He held a high percentage of the team's air yards. And he had 39.01% of the team's total air yards. That put him just behind players like Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs, Michael Thomas, and Cortland Sutton. So he finished fifth in total percentage share of team air yards. So that tells you that this is an important part of their offense. And I don't see it being any differently in 2020. I think they are going to continue to make a big effort to get OBJ the football. At number 22, I've got Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. I really like this move for Diggs' fantasy value going from Minnesota to Buffalo. I think he walks in immediately and is the clear number one for Josh Allen, who I really like as a quarterback. I I think people overplay the accuracy issues and, and all that. I think Allen doesn't get enough credit for what he's been able to do with a very middle-of-the-road wide receiver group in Buffalo. But now he's got an established, clear number one. And I think this is a perfect fit for Allen because even if you do buy into his series accuracy issues, which I'm not going to lie, he has some. I don't think they're as bad as people are letting on, but he's had some. You're, you're adding a receiver in Stephon Diggs that has a very elite and high ability to create separation in the NFL, which means Allen's going to have a pretty open target to throw the ball to more often than not, and he's got good speed to Stephon Diggs for the position. So I think this is a real good match in Buffalo for Stephon Diggs. At number 24, I have Atlanta Falcons star wide receiver Julio Jones, and this is one of those situations where you're just worried that at any year or going into any season, this could be Julio's last big year of major production. He is 31 years old now. They have Calvin Ridley waiting in the wings to replace him as the number one in that offense. So this is a very year-by-year situation. Like this could be Julio's last big year of production and he's been a force to be reckoned with since really stepping foot into the league. He's made an instant impact. So it's, it's hard to see someone who has been dominating in the league for so long start to slowly digress and and to take steps back but I think that's what's starting to happen with Julio Jones and it's just one of those situations in Dynasty we're trying to win today and in the future and I don't know how much Julio Jones can give you beyond this upcoming season that's going to wrap it up on the Wiley Vets but now I'm going to talk about some trade targets players you should be trying to acquire at the wide receiver position in your dynasty league and I'm going to start with my number four ranked receiver someone who had a putrid just an awful 2019 and that's Juju Smith-Schuster let's be real Antonio Brown leaves Pittsburgh 
Juju Smith-Schuster called upon to be the number one guy. Ben Roethlisberger hurt week two, doesn't return. Juju Smith-Schuster has a disappointing season, marred somewhat by injuries, but he also was not good when he was healthy. It was one of those situations where, okay, you could say he was playing with subpar quarterbacks, but he didn't do anything to make those quarterbacks better. He didn't elevate their game either. So really, there's a lot of question marks about Juju Smith-Schuster heading into his contract year, but I'm buying. If you have a owner in your dynasty league that is willing to sell Juju Smith-Schuster at a discount, send that offer right now and get him on your team because really, This is, like I said, my fourth-ranked wide receiver. He's still only 23 years old. He's got great size for the position. He's got good speed. He might not be in Pittsburgh past this season, but a good wide receiver like Juju Smith-Schuster will end up making the most out of whatever situation he comes across. So get your trade offers ready. Line them up right now and try to get Juju Smith-Schuster. The next wide receiver I'm going to recommend also plays in the AFC North, and that is Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. Brown was never healthy during 2019, to put it bluntly. He was playing with two screws in his ankle, in his foot, which he admitted sucked all of the explosiveness out of his game. Those screws are gone now. He doesn't have to worry about that. He's been training getting full rehabilitation, and hopefully if there are training camps, he will be able to get in a full training camp, something he didn't get in last year, and continue to build on that chemistry with Lamar Jackson. He is a perfect fit for this offense. You think about how defenders have to worry about Baltimore's rushing offense, one of the most prolific rushing offenses in NFL history. You're going to have to have players creeping up into the box to try to stop it, and you know what? You know who's going to burn you and make you pay every time you do that? Hollywood. Hollywood Brown is a perfect fit for this offense, and he's building on that chemistry with Lamar Jackson as we speak. They both live nearby to each other in Florida, and they've been practicing while everyone else has been locked up in quarantine. So Marquise Hollywood Brown, mark my words, he is going to have a major, 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 major bounce back. The Ravens haven't added any wide receivers to that room. That's Hollywood's room, and he's going to excel in 2020. One spot right behind Marquise Hollywood Brown, I have Captain Kirk, Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. And a lot of people might look at it as, you know, they've added DeAndre Hopkins. He's the new number one now in this offense. Kirk is the number two. It's going to hurt his value. But remember that stat I listed earlier. The Cardinals run 26% of their offense out of a four-wide receiver set. Kirk is going to see the field lots in 2020, and he won't have to go up against other teams' top cornerbacks. We know that DeAndre Hopkins is going to draw every team's attention, which means Kirk is going to fly under the radar a little bit, and that's a huge plus for a player that has been wildly productive throughout the first few years of his career. So Christian Kirk, someone who may look like they've had a perceived negative against them this offseason, actually really hasn't had that big of a knock. If anything, Hopkins will help bring Kirk along in his development and open things up for Kirk in this offense. Don't be afraid to go and trade for Christian Kirk. Don't think that his value has dropped. You're not His value hasn't dropped. You're buying low right now on Christian Kirk. Go out and do it. That does it for the wide receivers that you should be trying to target in your dynasty fantasy football leagues. I'm going to give you now three wide receivers you should be trying to steer clear from 
do not make a trade for any of these three guys. And I'm going to start off with Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit worried now about Adams' long-term outlook in Green Bay. It seems like the team drafted Aaron Rodgers' successor this offseason in Jordan Love. So who knows how much longer Aaron Rodgers is going to be at the helm of that offense. And naturally, if you step down from a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, that's probably going to hurt Devontae Adams' fantasy value. And the team did little to nothing to help out the wide receiver room this offseason. They added Devin Funches, which doesn't really move the needle much for me, which means Adams is still going to be attracting all of this attention from opposing teams' defenses. And he's turning now 28. He'll be 28 by the time this upcoming season ends, which means we're starting to run out of the prime years, the good years of Devontae Adams as wide receivers typically start to fade around the 30 to 31 age mark. So as someone who is aging and has some uncertainties now at the quarterback position, potentially losing one of the elites in the game, I think there's enough there to be concerned about Devontae Adams. Number two on my list of players you should not be trying to trade for in your dynasty fantasy football league is Robert Woods. And what it boils down to is that there's going to be a larger competition, I think, for targets in this offense. They added Van Jefferson early in the draft. They want to get Tyler Higby more involved. They want to get Josh Reynolds more involved. They've been talking him up quite a bit this offseason. They drafted Cam Akers, who can catch passes out of the backfield. Same with Daryl Henderson. They both can. And Cooper Cup is still there as well. So there's a lot of mouths to feed in this Rams offense. So I could see Robert Woods not getting the volume we've seen him get these past two seasons. Additionally, he will be turning 28 years old. He actually is right now 28 years old. So there's a little bit of a concern too because in Dynasty, like I said, we're trying to win today and tomorrow. And while he still has some years left in his prime, in his peak producing years, he is creeping up on that age 30, which is a bit of a concern for players at the running back and wide receiver position in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Lastly, the third wide receiver on my do not trade for list is T.Y. Hilton of the Indianapolis Colts. I am not high on Hilton at all in Dynasty. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 51 and not only does age concern me, which it does a little bit because he's 30 going on 31 this year, but the Indianapolis Colts have added a lot of competition in that wide receiver room. In the past, we've seen it where Hilton is the clear-cut number one in Indy's offense. But this season, you have to look at it as Paris Campbell is returning for his second year. He could take some big steps forward. They also added Michael Pittman Jr. at the draft, who I really like, and is a receiver who I think will fit well with Phillip Rivers. And you also have this team looking to commit more to the run game. They drafted Jonathan Taylor in the second round. They already had Marlon Mack. Naheem Hines is another pass-catching option out of the backfield who could eat into the amount of targets that end up going to T.Y. Hilton. So when you factor in age and increased competition, I'm completely out on T.Y. Hilton in Dynasty Fantasy Football. That's going to put a wrap on Episode 5 of the Rally Towel Fantasy Football Podcast. We had rookie wide receiver nicknames. I talked about some important veterans that were on my rankings, players you should be trying to trade for, and players that you should be trying to do the opposite with. 
players you should be trying to stay away from at any cost. So once again, I appreciate you listening. If you want to show your support for the podcast, do so by leaving a five-star rating and a review. And as always, stay safe.